0: Hop in and roll with the OG. You are listening to Building Educators with Wood, and I am your host, Rashada Wood, Teaching OG. Hey, teacher friends. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Building Educators with Wood. I am your host. I'm Rashada Wood. I'm an 18-year Teaching OG. First of all, let me say Happy New Year. I hope your holidays were blessed. I hope you had a great time spending time and visiting with friends and safely visiting with friends and family. I hope you are feeling well. I hope your families and friends are well. And I hope your students and their families are also doing well. I hope everybody is getting back into the swing of things, finding that groove, hitting that sweet spot. I went back a few days ago and it took a little while but i'm finding my i'm finding my footing here and i am getting back into it and i'm feeling good and i'm feeling hopeful that this semester will be a repeat of last semester and everybody will be well and my students will be great and i will be great and we will just keep chugging along and we will finish out this school year on fire teacher friends as we embark on this second half Of our school year journey and as we get ready to finish out the year and start this second semester I thought it would be very fitting for us to talk about something that we need to desperately talk about and I want to talk about bridging the gap bridging The gap. I know we've heard this a lot as teachers. How do I bridge the gap? My kids are here and I need them to be here. What are some things that are going to help me as a teacher to bridge? Let me stop. I can't even do it. Y'all, we're going to talk about Bridgerton. That's the gap we're going to talk about. Bridging the. Br- we're talking about Bridgerton. Did you think that it, we were going to get this heavy for the first episode of 2021? I know we've been in season two for a while. And if you want the seriousness, go back. We've got five episodes for this season and we've been pretty deep. But this episode right here, it ain't about bridging the gap. It is about Bridgerton. Teacher friends, let's talk about it. Now, y'all know I like a good story, and y'all know I'm about to set you up for a good story. So it was the Friday before the start of the new school semester for me. Now, let me tell you the state of mind I was in. I was ignoring all emails from admin and other teachers I was also ignoring their texts I was really just trying to keep myself in a protected space um anybody if anybody even said a word that started with sk those words were totally banned in my house you could not even begin a word that way I was in a zone I was in a zone now let me tell you I was not being delusional. I was not trying to totally forget the fact that I'm a teacher, I was not trying to act like I didn't have to go back to school in a few days, but here's what I was doing. I was trying to protect the last few days of my break because as teachers, y'all, we do this every year and we do this with every break. We allow thoughts of school to seep in and to snatch and steal Our last few moments of a restful break so even though we it may be a Friday and we know we got to start back to school on a Monday or Tuesday we already start that Friday and we are thinking about school we're fearful that we won't have all of our work done and we won't have our lesson plans and our grading Um, And so we just allow ourselves to just start back early. And that's not what I wanted. That is not, I was very clear, y'all. I was very clear on my purpose on the Friday before school started. I wanted the rest of my break and I wanted it the way that I needed it. And the way that I wanted to break was to have a restful Netflix binge session. That's what I wanted. I wanted to catch up on a few things. And let me tell you. I had been hearing about Bridgerton I'd heard actually about this show three times the first time I thought mmm of course I see it's trending on Netflix didn't give it much thought I heard it again and then I thought hmm but when I heard this recommendation the third time on Netflix I knew that what the Lord wanted me to do was he wanted me to use the remaining moments of my break to binge watch Bridgerton. I just knew, I knew that was the calling for my life and that was my purpose for the last three days of my break is to binge watch and finish Bridgerton. So I had heard about the show and I kept hearing the word steamy. I heard the word steamy three times. And so I said, well, goodness, let me see what the fuss is about. Teacher friends, are you ready to get into this week's episode and discuss All Things Bridgerton, let's do it. At first, I wanted nothing to do with Bridgerton because if you've been listening to the show, you know that at the end of quarantine, I decided that I was going to become double certified and I was going to be certified as a surgeon and so I began the journey of Grey's Anatomy season one on Netflix and I have been in I have grown from a young intern into an amazing resident then I went to an attending I am now a world-class surgeon and y'all I had all the feels I felt the loss I felt the sadness I felt the people that I thought would would be with with me and sticking and would be sticking by me in my journey at Grace Sloan Memorial they left it was just it was a lot it was a lot y'all so the first week of break I actually finished season 16 on Netflix and then caught up on the current season of Grey's Anatomy season 17 so after all of that you know I wanted nothing to do with getting into another show I said you know what? I just need a moment that's what I needed y'all I needed a moment um, I needed to just kind of process everything that had happened to me as a young surgeon um, but When I started feeling myself going down this hole to where I was going to squander the last few restful moments of my break away to school. Let me tell you, my need to be blissfully distracted from school totally outweighed my need to just sulk about the death and the changes and the the feelings and everything that I was going through with grace. My need to be distracted from school It won. And so I decided to start Bridgerton. My thoughts about this show. First of all, Shonda Rhimes is an absolute genius. Now I did not know that this was a Shondaland production until the end of the first like this is how little I knew about this show. I just knew people kept saying watch it but I didn't know any of the actors or actresses. I didn't know the storyline. I knew nothing. I just kept seeing it pop up on my Netflix. Um, so at the end of the first episode when I saw that this was a Land production, I understood why this was so amazing. Being in the Land family with grays and scandal and how to get away with murder, Shonda Rhimes is something like a genius. Like her genius literally knows no bounds. What amazes me about her is she can take something that is so normal, like working in a hospital or being a lawyer or just the year of 1800s in high society and she can add a little spice and help us as the viewer to look at it so differently and let me tell you she is going to add just enough tea just enough drama just enough total scandal to make it absolutely amazing when that first episode begins for just a split second i'm thinking hmm You know, this is not really my movie. This is not really my series. Y'all know that I love horror. I want it to be scary. I want there to be a ghost that is doing all of the terrorizing. I also like a good psychological thriller where you just get totally gut punched at the end of the movie. So this is not my typical movie that I would sit and watch or definitely not a series. And I thought, okay, here we go with all of that high society and, and ladies having to be prim and proper and and all they want to do is get married. Um, But that probably lasted about five minutes because then, let me tell you, oh my goodness. Now, the women are all about the marriage, but when the first scandal hits my ears and when I meet Lady Whistledown, I knew that this was for me. Something else that was very important to me That drew me in and y'all know I'm going here as an OG and as a OG of color. What what really drew me in was the blended society and us seeing the diversity of the wealthy people, Um, you know, when as as teachers, especially in third grade, when we start teaching about colonial America and we start teaching about the different. Um, roles that different people had back in colonial America. When we introduce African-Americans to our students, we introduce them as slaves. There is so, now let me tell you, I'm just going to stick a pin right there. I'm, I'm not here to unpack all that because this is about Bridgerton, but there is so much that is wrong with the way that our students first encounter black people they first encounter black people as slaves so guess what they think they think that all black people came from slaves and all black people were slaves and there was no wealth in africa and we know those of us who study history we know that that is so far from what was actually happening in africa so to see the blended um picture of high society and wealth was amazing to me and i loved that people are getting to get a get a glimpse of what it looks like in my culture like what africa looked like and there were many many pockets of high society and kings and queens in africa so i love that even some adults who may not have known that they're getting to see a glimpse of that um, and I'm also enjoying this new wave of cinema where black people are written into scripts where they may not have been actually in that time in history, but we're writing black people in and giving them their rightful place. Now, that's not, I'll say more about that later, maybe, but that's something that I'm really watching for In movies now and I'm really enjoying that I love the whole idea um, of the marriage between the black woman the queen and then the white man the king was able to bring these two societies together so that was probably the 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 big thing that when I started to look around and I started to look at the people um, and as they were moving and working and as I began to kind of see how everything was going together and working together that was the most beautiful picture. That was the thing that really drew me in at first. So after I watched the whole thing and was done, let me tell y'all, episode after episode, you think you're done with one scandal And boom, here is another one peeping around the corner. You feel like you know what's up with this character and boom, there's a secret that they're keeping. You feel like you're going to be able to predict the storyline and and figure out how how the plot unfolds and you are totally wrong about it all. I loved it from the start to the finish. Now, let's talk about my favorite character. My favorite character was Lady Danbury because I felt I just felt her OG. I knew she was an OG from the time I laid eyes on her. She just had this fearless personality, but she was definitely kind. She was loving I thought she was well-meaning, but she was real. Like the scene where she brought the married ladies in and she had this big night for the married ladies where they were allowed to um, take breaks from their husbands. But what they were doing was just gambling and drinking and and just having a night of just wild fun. I thought that was genius. Um, I I thought that she was Lady Whistledown for sure. I thought Lady Danbury is Lady Whistledown for sure. And the reason I thought that was because First of all, she was so well-respected. And it's not like people feared her, but nobody messed with her. Nobody messed with her. And it just seems like she always knew something. I just felt like every time I saw her, she just had the upper hand, even though she never said it, it was just her demeanor and her posture that I felt like she always knew something. And she was always privy to some information that not everyone knew. So I definitely, my favorite character, hands down, the OG Lady Danbury. Let's chat about this storyline so I felt overall like the death like Daphne and the Dukes love story it just kind of unfolded organically for me none of it was rushed I didn't feel any part that was kind of like mmm I don't know I didn't feel like there were unnecessary parts to the love story I felt like it just kind of flowed naturally and organically I didn't feel like I was being forced to accept them as a as a couple I was just rooting for them and I was rooting for them to figure out what they had to do to be with each other. Again, I felt like it just kind of flowed naturally. Um, And the steam, the steaminess of this relationship, my goodness, my goodness. Y'all, I just felt like there was never a phase in their love story that got boring to me, like when they were going through their different trials and they were you know trying to figure out the different obstacles and every time they were faced with something else i never got bored of any of their storylines i loved it all now daphne i felt like even though she was this proper lady and even though she did want that traditional life of the marriage and the kids and the husband and she wanted to be um, this notable woman and she wanted to be this you know, proper woman I felt like Daphne had some teeth and I like that the writers gave her some teeth so although we did see this soft feminine side of her we also saw a side of her where as a young woman she was coming into her own and there were answers that she needed and she was going to demand those answers and there were conversations that she knew were being withheld from her and she did not care to go to you and to say to you, I know you're holding back and I need you to give me all the information that I need. I felt like she spoke up when she needed to speak up. Probably one of the most interesting interactions that Daphne had during the, um, ep- during the season was with her mother. I loved those scenes where she was with her mother because I felt like she did talk from a place of respect. But she talked from a place of honesty. Um, and I think that she let her mom know that, look, we are living two different lives here. We have two different views about marriage. We have two different viewpoints about love. Um, And I think that there was so much that she needed from her mom that she just wasn't getting. But she was unapologetically like over it. She was over it. And I love the way that she kept speaking up and she kept going to her mom to demand again in a respectful way, but there was information that she needed. I began to think about my mom and I think about the way that my mom loved her so much. Um, but the way she raised me, she raised me also to be very proper, to do things correctly, to think about the feelings of others. There are things that women do for their husbands and there are things that I want for you you know I want you to get an education I want you to be the best teacher you can be but there are things that I need you to know that you are going to have to sacrifice for your husband and there are things that you're going to have to do Um, so I thought about like my interactions with my mom and, you know, some of the conversations that I wish I'd had with my mom and some of the times I wish I'd gone to my mom and just demanded some information. So I thought that was really, really great. Um, I loved the scene where she went to her mom to just really get to the nitty gritty, Because she needed to know how certain things were going to work. And y'all, it just tickled me because the mom was so embarrassed. And I'm thinking like, imagine being that embarrassed to talk to your daughter, who is a married woman, and help her understand how things work. And it just made me think like, girls need mentors that get it. We need our mothers to get it. We need our grandmothers to get it. And we need them just to be real with us. (laughs) The Duke of Hastings, the Duke of Hastings, also known as Simon. I'm having every thought that you're having about Simon. I'm in my feels the way that you are in your feelings about Simon as well. I thought he was very layered. Now, let me tell you, the first time I laid eyes on this man, I knew that this man had a story. And I just knew in my heart that if we, the viewers, were going to be lucky enough to just be privy to parts of his story, even a little part of his story, I knew that it wasn't going to disappoint. Teacher friends, I knew that this man was going to have us on a roller coaster with his story. There were so many layers to him and he didn't disappoint. He did not disappoint now. When I was looking at the Duke of Hastings and I was looking at his interaction, his interactions with Daphne and the the men and, and with Lady Danbury, I was looking through my teacher lens. I really was, y'all. I was looking through my teacher lens most of the time. I'm lying again. I was not looking through a teacher lens. But there are times where I did kind of think about this as a teacher. Um, And I was thinking about, you know, just how verbally abused he was as a young boy and how his dad just told him that basically he was nothing. And because he was different and had some difficulties, then he was a, she was um, an embarrassment to the family. And I just thought about how that goes to show us as teachers, which we know that we know this, but I like that the world got a glimpse of the fact that when kids have endured years of parental abuse or abuse from people that they love and that they trust and when they they've had to see things and hear things and feel things and hear how they're not good enough and how nobody wants them and how they'll never succeed when they get to school carrying all of what they're carrying when they get to school it is tough to reverse that damage it is tough now fortunately The Duke had Lady Danbury, the the original OG. Um, But this is what we as teachers do. This is why I felt like I really... Her character resonated with me because I feel like as teachers, we do the same thing that she did. We step in. We make sure that we tell kids, I believe in you. Um, I won't let you give up on yourself because I see it in you. I know that you're capable of it. And I felt like Lady Danbury gave the Duke just the right measure of love um she knew that there were times where she would have to step in as a parent even when he was an adult and even when we would see them interacting when he was an adult um there were times that she had to give him some some tough love and i do feel like there was a smidge like a tiny smidge of coddling just a little bit now because you know us ogs we don't roll like that but i think that she gave that delicate measure and that delicate balance of everything that he needed to be the man that we saw on screen Um, and it just reminds me of what teachers do every single day what was my biggest shock of Bridgerton definitely was not the Featherington story I took one look at Lady Featherington and another glance at Lord Featherington and I knew they were covering up something and I knew that if we were if we could get it uncovered boy it was gonna be a nasty mess and that part did not disappoint but I think the biggest shock for me came with Marina Thompson and this is a character that I've thought a lot about um, this is a young lady who got caught up in a mistake. We all make mistakes, um, but she got caught up in a mistake. But the problem is that, she, is that she came became so fixated on proving that, yes, I made this mistake, but I'm also worthy of love. And I think this is the part where she went so horribly wrong. Um, and I feel like Lady Featherington just fed constantly off of Marina's vulnerability And I thought about how in 2020, there are girls who are still going way too far to prove that they are worthy, whether they're going too far with a guy, whether they're going too far for a career, whether they're going too far for school or for a teacher, we still have young women who feel like they have to prove that they are worthy. Um... And then we do see them stoop like like Mrs. Like Miss Thompson. We see them stoop to levels that we never thought that we'd see them stoop to. Like I never thought that when we first were introduced to Miss Thompson, I never thought this young woman would grow her character would grow to be so dark. And this is why I say this was the biggest shock for me. Um, but when we see young women, I'm talking about in 2021. When we see young women stoop to levels we never thought that we could imagine they'd stoop to, we can't then shame them. Um... And I feel like she didn't want that shame, so she kept doing everything she could to try to prove that she was worthy. Um, But I feel like when we see young girls and other women that are caught up in situations and that are caught up in mistakes, um, I think we can't shame them. I think that we need to make sure that we do our part. We as womankind and, and, and any guys listening in, my my teacher male friends i'm talking to my teacher sisters right now we have to make sure as women that we nurture our little sisters we have to make sure that we show them the way and that we just let them know that they're worthy of love it doesn't matter what you've done you are worthy of love and i think um If the women living in that time had known that if I do make a mistake and have an unwanted pregnancy, or if I do make a mistake and, um, simply kiss a man in a garden and that's as far as it goes, but now my whole family is just soiled. Like if I do make that mistake, I'm still worthy of love without exception. I am worthy of love. (laughs) The Bridgerton family. I love the dynamic between the siblings, and the mom. I thought this was, of course, I have my thoughts about what high society families must have been like back in the day. You know, in my mind, they were just all cold and heartless and worried about money and status. But this was a really nice breath of fresh air because I felt like this family was loving. They were fun. And their relationship I love to see the different ins and outs and the different levels of their relationship. Now, I wondered about the boys. Y'all, the boys, the the boys worried me. The whole season, the boys worried me. The boys were struggling. Y'all, they struggled. They were struggling. Daphne was struggling. Miss Thompson was struggling. But these boys were struggling. All of them loved someone they couldn't be with and that hurt they all loved women who were beneath them y'all if you think about it not one bridgerton male ended this season happy and having what he wanted um i loved how colin was stepping into his position of being a man even though he was wrestling with who he loved he was stepping into his position of being a man and at first I wondered about him because I felt like he was being very disrespectful to Daphne and to his mom. Um, But I do like the way that he softened and he allowed himself to be guided by the women who really truly loved him and wanted the best for him. And they also wanted the best for themselves. But I'd like, I liked how that dynamic worked out. Eloise, Eloise Bridgerton thought she was brilliant. I loved her curiosity. Um, I liked that she needed to be unique, but what I never wanted for her is I didn't want her need to be unique to overshadow. What I feel like she was owed, like she's a brilliant, beautiful young woman, and I feel like she's owed love and and I feel like she should have the experiences of of being able to step out and have her season where she shows off the best parts of herself, and she dresses up and is beautiful, um but I feel like she was raging so hard against that because she wanted to be unique. But I just didn't want any of that to overshadow the fact that she really, I think she really will in the next season as we get close closer to her marriage and as we start to learn some of the ins and outs of her story. I think she will make a, a, a brilliant wife and a good mom. And I did want her to allow herself. And it's a delicate balance. My My, my sister, teacher friends, we know it is a delicate balance with Wanting to preserve our femininity and wanting to be um, the women that we saw and see in our mothers and in our grandmothers and to be those nurturing women and the women who um, dote and, and, and love and adore our husbands and do whatever we need to do for them. But I also got dreams and this sister right here also wants things and I, I I, may not be able to cook every night because I may be doing a podcast I may be writing and so we want that delicate balance we want to be seen as the women of the house and we want to be protected and provided for but we also want To blaze our own trails and I think that Eloise is a really good balance of that and I hope that she gets that right I thought she was amazingly funny too I loved her interactions with the Queen and I'm looking forward in the next season to kind of seeing how their relationship deepens lady whistledown first of all let's give it up for Penelope Featherington This one hit me like a ton of bricks. It came out of nowhere, really. Because like I told y'all, at first, I thought Lady Whistledown was Lady Danbury. That was my first thought. And I went a few episodes and I wasn't going to let go of that thought. Then when Madame Delacroix was introduced into the mix, I thought it could be her. It could be her. She definitely sees things with being the modiste. Um, she's definitely at these events. I saw like that fraternization that she had with um, the opera singer, the one that Anthony was so much in love with. I think I might have called him Colin earlier. But Anthony, who, you know, was the new head of the family. Um, but couldn't be with the opera singer because she wasn't the proper prim lady. But Sienna and Madame De La Croix had a friendship. So I thought that, hmm, she kind of converses with people that may not be and may not have the same status as the ladies that she's making the dresses for Um, so I just thought "Mm, she can kind of probably slip in be unseen Um, she can be in two places at one time she was at that wild party and I just thought okay it's her it's her I was I made up my mind it was her but when Penelope Featherington stepped out of the shadows and put her hood down so that we could see it was her. I really didn't see that one coming. And when I began to think about it, it made sense. Okay. She's this young woman. She's not, um, she doesn't physically look like the other women who are out seeking a husband. She doesn't really want this for herself. This is not something that, you know, is is her every waking dream is to be a wife. Um, so I thought, hmm, I can see that. Definitely. I feel like she wasn't taken seriously again. I think because of her body image, you know, everybody else that we saw was very thin, very um fit. And she was different. She was just really different. And I saw her being overlooked so many times when I think about it. I'm like, yeah, she blended in. Um, and I'm sure that people would just talk reckless around her because they never even gave another thought to her really being in the room because even though she was on the same level as them, you know, financially and, and with wealth and status, she really wasn't on their level in their eyes. Her family treated her like she was just the biggest inconvenience, and, and even her own family treated her like she wasn't good enough. So when I went back to think about that, I definitely see how it was Penelope the entire time. I was talking to a colleague at school about Bridgerton and, you know, we were working. We were, but, you know, we've had to have a couple of conversations about this at school. And so one of my colleagues brought out a great point. And I didn't think it was Penelope because, first of all, Penelope knew a long time about Miss Thompson's pregnancy, but she didn't expose it right away. And when I started hearing all of the trash that Lady Whistledown was talking about, the Featheringtons, I thought, surely, no, 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 this isn't Penelope. It crossed my mind a couple of times, but I thought, no, this isn't Penelope. Um, But when I think about the fact that my colleague said, if you think about when she finally exposed Miss Thompson, it wasn't until she had tried so many things she tried to reason with Miss Thompson. She tried to go to her mother and reason with her mother. She'd even gone, and it was Colin, right? That was um in a relationship or engagement with not it was not Anthony, it was Colin. So she went and she went to Colin, the guy she was secretly in love with, and she tried her best to reason with him. And my colleague said it wasn't until she'd reached the end of everything and she had tried everything that she could. That is when she acknowledged. And that is when she blew the whistle on Marina Thompson. And that is when she uncovered the big secret. And when I think back to the episode where she uncovers that, she was in so much anguish. And I thought that it was anguish because this guy that she loves... Is now getting ready to marry this woman um, and now that they've blown the whistle on the whole situation now her family is disgraced his family is disgraced and I felt like that was kind of the source of the anguish but i feel like the source of the anguish was her feeling like she had no other choice and she had to do this to a woman that she does care about and she had to do this to a man and it's causing some problems for his family too and this is a man that she loves but she's having to cause all of these problems but as my colleague said she had no other she had no other choice so I think the development of Lady Whistledown was perfect it hit me like the sixth sense you know when we watch the movie the sixth sense and we get down to the end and we find out Bruce Willis is dead and has been dead the whole time this is what I felt like when I when it was revealed that Penelope was lady whistle down i thought "Mm," and then i started to go back in my mind and i started to say yep i can see it yep she was at that party yep she knew that she knew that tea i know you made those new year goals and you said this year was going to be the year you got your lesson plans done you got your grading done like right when the students finished their assignments you were going to grade it put it in the grade book i know you said you were going to plan ahead for a few weeks but let me tell you you need to stop all that and you need to just put that goal on hold and if you have not watched bridgerton you need to watch bridgerton that is what you need to be binge watching on netflix this week instead of grading Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. I hope you enjoyed Bridging the Gap and our talk about Bridgerton. I would love to keep this conversation going about Bridgerton. You can follow me on social media. I am on Facebook at Rashada Writes. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Rashada C. Wood. You can also find me on TikTok, cutting up, making TikToks about Bridgerton and other things. I am on TikTok at Rashada Wood also head over to my website www.rashadawood.com see what's going on there and if you are on Amazon pick up my newest book it is called prayer plans it is a prayer journal for teachers it is on Amazon Prime so it will not take long to get to you and we will continue to pray and we will pray our way through the rest of this school year until next time class dismissed